Here we are again, breathing the chilled breeze. Temperature falling strong, nothing yet to freeze. Time has come to give one more season a seize. Third generation beta blockers is today's masterpiece. Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. After knowing all about non-selective and beta-1 selective blockers, the talk isn't enough worthy. Without detailing the comments about third-generation beta blockers, these are the drugs that possess added value. And what is the added value of vasodilatation property? Now, first and foremost, what are the mechanisms that actually lead to the vasodilatation? Added upon the beta blocking mechanism or property. Well, I have a list of these mechanisms, a complete list. The first one is the added on alpha receptor block it. And for this, the good to go examples, they are carvedilol, lebetalol, bevantolol, bucindolol and nipradilol. The second mechanism that actually leads to vasodilatation is increased nitric oxide production and for it the examples are celeprolol, nebivolol, cartiolol, bopindolol, nepradilol, etc. Then the third mechanism is added on beta 2 agonism. Again I repeat it's beta 2 agonism and the drugs for this example are Celeprolol, cartiolol, bopindolol. Then the next mechanism, how the drugs they go for added vasodilatation along with a beta blockhead. That is by blocking the calcium entry. And for this the drugs they are carbidolol, bitaxolol, bivantolol. Next mechanism is by opening the potassium channels. The drug is telosolol. And the last one on my list is via the antioxidant action and the only one drug in this is carvedilol. Now is the time to one by one spotlight each of the drugs in detail. So first and foremost on my list is lebetalol. It's a competitive antagonist at alpha 1 and beta receptors. The four diastereomers, they are of equal amount in the formulation of lebetalol. What are the properties? The properties of these four diastereomers, they are in one formulation and that imparts mixed properties. First, alpha-1 adrenergic receptor block it. Second one, beta-1 adrenergic receptor block it. Then beta-2 receptor block it. Then partial agonism at beta-3. And lastly, it's the cocaine-like mechanism of inhibition of the norepinephrine uptake. The total formulation of Lebatolol, it shows beta blockade much, much greater than the alpha-1 blockade. The property of Lebatolol is equal to the property of the four diastereomers. Now, what are these diastereomers in Lebatolol? We have 
R R capital R R. Then we have another one capital R S. Then we have another one capital S R. Then we have last one capital S S. Briefly, I'll describe the features of each one of the diastereomers. Talking about capital R R, it's a very potent beta blocker. and this is responsible mainly for the maximum of the beta blockade it is less potent for alpha 1 blockade it possesses intrinsic sympathomimetic activity which causes vasodilatation the second one to talk about diastereomer is capital rs it has no alpha blocking or no beta blocking property the next one we have capital sr it has no beta blocking activity but it is a very powerful alpha 1 blocking diastereomer or it has a very powerful alpha 1 blocking property the last one on the list is the double s that is ss capital ss diastereomer it has no beta blocking activity but alpha 1 blocking property is present which is equal to the racemic mixture of the labetalol it's neither very much nor very less all over what are the consequences that is of most importance the biggest consequence is decrease in the blood pressure then alpha blockage it. it relaxes the smooth muscle of the arteries and causes vasodilatation beta blockage aids by blocking the reflex sympathetic stimulation to the heart then intrinsic sympathomimetic activity it also helps in vasodilatation and some degree of direct vasodilating property is also found in labetalol so labetalol is a very important drug that's why i took it the first one on my list what are the formulation of the dosage forms the oral tablets they are given to decrease the hypertension if there is a hypertensive emergency one can go for iv infusion and in 2 to 5 minutes the action begins in case of hypertensive emergency which lasts for up to 4 hours heart rate and cardiac output they are not affected they are well maintained systemic vascular resistance is decreased the total peripheral blood flow is not affected at all other blood flows like renal cerebral coronary they are not affected all are well maintained now we have one more quality of labetalol that i don't want to skip before i take another drug it has a poor lipid solubility and because of that you can very well understand it hardly crosses the placenta or any other barrier so it is a good choice drug for pregnancy induced hypertensive crisis talking about the pharmacokinetic profile of labetalol it undergoes extensive first pass metabolism the bioavailability is quite low it's around 20% and it increases with the food intake One of the adverse drug reaction I want to talk about with labetalol is hepatic injury. It has been reported in some of the patients. Time to shift the spotlight. Yes, let's spotlight carvedilol now. Carvedilol is one of its own kind, a very unique drug. What makes it so unique? Now there is a great similarity to labetalol. As far as the blocking of the beta one, beta two, and alpha one receptors is concerned, then why do I say that it's one of its own kind of drug? Nothing like carvedilol. 
because it has added antioxidant and anti-inflammatory actions that are found that make it a good to go drug in conditions like congestive heart failure added to this antioxidant anti-inflammatory activity it has membrane stabilizing activity but it has no intrinsic sympathomimetic activity one of the functions of carbidolol is to facilitate or help in the recruitment of beta arrestin to the receptors like beta 1 and beta 2 especially duckers when the gs capital gs that is gpcr receptors they are activated so we can say that carbidolol serves as a beta arrestin biased ligand what are the effects or what are the consequences of using carbidolol? It can reduce arterial blood pressure by various mechanisms like decreasing the sympathetic tone, secondly by decreasing the vascular resistance and thirdly by maintaining the cardiac output. This drug carbidolol is kidney friendly, it is actually kidney protective. It is a very good to go drug in diabetic patients, also in patients of metabolic syndrome. And Nothing to be surprised about that US FDA has approved it for the treatment and in the use in conditions like congestive heart failure that is CHF, in hypertension and also in left ventricular dysfunction that occurs after the myocardial ischemia. Now the antioxidant properties which are worth a mention are how does what are the basic mechanism of how does it work as an antioxidant that is very interesting it chemically scavenges the reactive oxygen species now this term reactive oxygen species can be abbreviated as capital ROS now by scavenging the reactive oxygen species that is ROS it also suppresses its synthesis it's a very lipophilic drug. It curbs down the lipid peroxidation of membranes and accumulates in the membranes. It prevents the LDL cholesterol oxidation. It prevents the ROS. You remember ROS, reactive oxygen species mediated myocardial contractility loss. It also curbs down the hypertrophy due to stress and also curbs down the apoptosis then neutrophil accumulation and activation is shown by the use of this drug and if you use the drug at higher doses then calcium channel blocking effect is also seen some of the researchers they have stated that carbidolol improves the ventricular function it reduces the mortality and morbidity in the congestive heart failure patients and also in MI patients. Now let's talk about the pharmacokinetic profile of carbidolol. It's a very lipophilic drug, I told you. It's around or more than 90% bound to plasma binding proteins. It undergoes extensive hepatic metabolism and the enzymes responsible are CY, are capital CYP, are capital CYP2D6 and CYP2C9. Time to shift the spotlight. The next drug we have is Bucindolol. Now Bucindolol is mainly a beta blocker. 
and it is slightly alpha receptor blocker. The mechanism is to increase the left ventricular systolic ejection fraction. It decreases the peripheral resistance. Uh, by decreasing the peripheral resistance, it directly decreases the afterload. Other miscellaneous effects that I can tell you about bucindolol is it increases the HDL cholesterol. It has no effect on the triglyceride plasma level. And the researchers, they have seen that it has a protective effect in the atrial fibrillation and ventricular arrhythmias. Let's talk about Celeprolol. Celeprolol is a cardioselective drug for the treatment of hypertension mainly. Its lipid solubility is much low and it does not have any kind of membrane stabilizing activity. What is the mechanism? It's a partial selective beta 2 agonist and added on it has smooth muscle relaxation effect also. It can cause vasodilatation, it can cause bronchodilatation. Then the next mechanism which is which may be responsible for its effects they are alpha 2 adrenergic blocking in the periphery. Not in the central region but in the periphery of the body. And how does this alpha-2 receptor adrenergic block helps? It facilitates the nitric oxide production. It curbs down the oxidative stress. And there is very slight alpha blocking effect. What are the consequences due to all these mechanisms? There is decreased heart rate. There is decreased blood pressure. There is increased refractory AV period. Or there is increased atrioventricular refractory period then the next drug we have nebivolol nebivolol is a very long-acting drug it's long-acting I mean to say that the T half may go up to 10 hours it is a very selective beta blocker it possesses beta 3 agonism it also works by nitric oxide production and all these help in vasodilatation. But what are absent is there is no intrinsic sympathomimetic activity. There is no membrane stabilizing activity. There is no alpha-1 blocking activity. It is administered as a racemic mixture. It's very lipophilic and undergoes extensive first-pass metabolism by the enzymes capital CYP2D6. It is highly approved for use in hypertension. The mechanism by which it curbs down the blood pressure is by decreasing the peripheral vascular resistance, by increasing the stroke volume, by decreasing the endothelial dysfunction. It has a wonderful and positive effect on the lipid and carbohydrate profile. It has a good efficacy, it has a good tolerability, so most of the things are quite good good about Nebivolol. With a good statement, with a good positive note, it's time to end up this episode. And I want to tell you a few things that this is actually, you can say, a second last episode of season 2. Season 3 I've done in September, if you remember, about the historical aspects. And season 2 I took up again after September. So this is one of the second last episodes of season 2. 
and i have a very special episode in the last episode of season 2 that will be upcoming next week and that's a rapid fire revision of all these agonist antagonist and that would be a really rapid fire revision and i'm sure you'll like it but for the time being for all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast do visit www.pharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine it actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences drug information updates and my podcast updates also and many more sections it's pharmacology further e-newsletter and it has a same name of podcast pharmacology further podcast that is all about the e-newsletter You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned, do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.